All right, Shabbosai, good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsor, the Torah sponsors for the month of Cheshvan. Mayor and Rachel Gold for dedicating all the Shurim and Rushals this month in memory of Yosef, Yonah Tzvi, Ben Yosef Chaim Alazar Akoin. And to thank Norman Leah Efron for dedicating all the Shurim and Rushals this month in celebration of the 98th birthday of Norm's grandfather, Yosef Herschel Ben Mordechai Alevi. Our week of learning sponsors, Jack Bennett, in memory of Givati Brigade Lieutenant Asaf Rosenfeld, and our Dafyomi sponsor for today, Pinchas Levine, for a full shlema for Yitzchak Ben Chaya Rachel. Most of that, let us begin. We have a lot to do today. A really incredible daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Chof Hey, 25, and we are picking up in Yerts Hashem. On Chaf Dalit Amud Beis, and we are picking up. We are picking up. Kitanya um, Hila Avdam. It's right across. It's right across from in between Tosus Mimal and Shiny. So we'll say, so remember again, we're focusing on a very simple question over here, which is how was Rabbi Gamliel able to go ahead and make images of the moon? After all, again, isn't there a biblical prohibition to go ahead and create images of Shamashai, the attendance of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? So the Gemara says, no, the only time you're not allowed to go to make images is when? When your intention is to serve them. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, Elavdam, if you're making something to serve, Afilu Shil Shil Katan, even a small little worm. Right? And I was about to say, you're not allowed to serve any type of image. So Halacha the ability to go ahead and make something for the purposes of serving it is independent of the type of image you are creating. To which the Gemara says, Enochinami, you're right, Tisanyo. Asher Ba'aretz, L'Rabos Harim Ugvo. So we'll say the Pasuk says, don't make an image of anything that's on the earth. That refers to the mountains and the valleys. Yomim, Naros, Afikim, Vigios, old streams, valleys, Mitachas, L'Rabos Shoshol Katan. Mitachas, underneath, even the smallest of worms. Obviously, I will say, for the purposes of worship, you're not allowed to make any type of image. So, but what about just making something? In other words, I will say, the act of creating an image, even if you're not going to worship it, is that permitted? We learned, Pasik says, same as we've been quoting, do not make with me Elohei Kesef, Elohei Zav, gods of gold, gods of silver. What does it mean, don't make with me? So the Gemara is darshaning, don't make the image of those things which serve before me. Kigon, like the sun, the moon, the stars, the constellations. So once again, it would appear that Allah, you can't make an image of the moon. So how is Rabbi Gamliel allowed to do this? Shani Rabbi Gamliel, da'acherim asulo. Interesting answer. To which the Gemara says, you're right, Rabbi Gamliel didn't make it himself. He had Gentiles make it for him. So perhaps, again, the prohibition of making these items is dafka what? Is dafka when you're making it yourself. But if a guy, if a Gentile is going to make it for you, it's not problem. So also, what's interesting about this, what's interesting about this approach is that halacha the Gemara seems to say the issue is actually with the creation of these items, not necessarily the usage. Obviously, worship is going to be Asar. But Rabbi Gamil, who's using it to cross-examine or to examine the witnesses, he can't make it, but once it's made, it's permitted for use. Aye, is that true? Baha Rabbi Yehuda, Da'chirim, Asula, Rabbi is fascinating. But Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, as we're going to see, Rashi says, Baha Rabbi Yehuda, Shaisalot Tzura B'Tabaso, 
Rabbi Huda had a signet ring, and the ring had an image on it. It had an image on it. And I both say, why did it have an image on it? He used it as a stamp. As a stamp. So Rabbi Huda had a ring that someone else made for him. Sharp one. Sami ene didan. Literally, something means blind the eye, which means do something to ruin the image. In other words, so you see Shmuel told Rabbi Yehuda, even though someone else made this ring for him, you have to change the image. You can't walk around with an image. So the Gemara says, no, 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 that was different. Hasam chosma bolit. In Rabbi Yehuda's ring, the image protruded, if that, if that makes sense, right? The image was raised, right? The image was raised. Umishum chashada. So here's the problem. To walk around with a ring, with a raised image, causes a person to be suspect of idolatry, worshipping idolatry. And she says, Mishum chashada, yomru hi lo. So what Shmuel was saying to Rabbi Yudas, to walk around with a ring, with a raised image, just raises suspicions. Looks like Avodah Zara. Kid is Sanya, because we'll say, as we learned, this is really fascinating. And the Shulchan quotes this, Tabaas, Tabaas, let's see, Shulchan so you have a signet ring. And the ring has an image, image of a person, image of something, right? Tabas chosma bolet asr lahanicha umotolach tomba. Listen to this: If you have a ring that has a raised image, you're not allowed to wear it, but you are allowed to use it as a seal, right? You remember again how they used to seal letters: you take wax, take wax, you take the signet ring, and you push it in. So if you have a ring with a raised image, you can't wear that ring. Why can't you wear it? You can't wear it because chashash, it looks like Avodah Zara, like you're washing Avodah Zara, but you can use it to seal letters. Why can you use it to seal letters? Because halach lamaiseh creates a depressed image. The only problem we're going to see is with raised images. So if in the seal it creates it, because right, if, if, the, if the image on the ring is raised, that means when you put it into the wax, it creates a depressed image. So that's permitted. Chosmo shokea. If however you have a ring with a depressed image, you're permitted to wear it, right? Because since it's not a raised image, it doesn't look like Avodah Zara. But interestingly enough, you can't seal a letter with it. Why can't you seal a letter with it? Because then it creates a raised image on the letter. Fascinating. So the Gemara says, But one second, are we concerned that halacha that people are going to do things that look like Avodah Zara? Do we go to that extent to say you can't wear the ring with a raised image because of Rabbi Yehuda looks like you're worshipping Avodah Zara. Vaha, listen to this story. Vaha ha'hi be'kinishta de'shaf v'yasev v'narda. We'll say there was a shul. The name of the shul was Shaf v'yasev. And I was the young Israel of Shaf v'yasev v'narda, right? right? So there's a whole machlok that says exactly why it was called Shaf v'yasev. Rashi says over here, V'yashaf v'yasev v'narda, makum hu, so we'll say, Shaf Yosef, Rashi says, means, Shaf means destroyed, Yosef resettled. It was a shul that was destroyed and rebuilt. Like, like the Churva shul, right? Shul that was right, destroyed and rebuilt. So the Gemara says, In that shul, there was a statue of the king, of the Babylonian king. And the great Gidolm of Babel davened in that shul. And yet we see that what? No one was concerned that it's going to look like they're worshipping Avodah Zorah. So it sounds like from over here, you see that for, for, for upstanding religious citizens, you don't have to wear something that looks like that. Everyone knows they're not worshipping idolatry. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. Rabim shiny. That's different. 
when something is in the public sphere, people know that the statue of the king is there. The king legislated, okay, and it's in the rabbim. Everyone knows the rabbim is not worshiping Avodazara. They know that, right? So the only time there's a chashash Avodazara, apparently, is by a yachid, is by an individual. But by the rabbim, we're not concerned. I have a Rabbi Gamliel Yachidu. So I will say, but Rabbi Gamliel was an individual. So again, if there is, if there does exist this concern about something that looks like idolatry, then how is Rabbi Gamliel able to go ahead and create these images? To which the Gemara says, "Kevan de Nasihu Shchichi Rabbim Gabe." This is fascinating. Rabbi Gamliel was like the Rabbim. He was like the Rabbim, right? Why was he like the Rabbim? Ultimately, again, because everyone came to him. So I will say, this is the first answer the Gemara gives. Is that, well, actually, it's the already the fourth answer the Gemara gives. But the Gemara suggests Rabbi Gamliel was like the Rabbim. By the Rabbim, there's no chashash of Avodah Zorah, and therefore he could build the images. Okay. Ibai, so another possibility is, Deprakim Hava. These images were made of pieces and were constantly assembled and disassembled. So the Gemara posits over here that the prohibition to make images is only when they remain in a state of assembly. But if they are constantly you know, put together and broken down, there is no problem of creating them. The other possibility is, why did Rabbi Gamliel make this? Why did he make this? We'll say, it wasn't just, it wasn't just to question the witnesses. It was also to what? To teach people the halachos of Kiddush HaChodesh. And the Pasuk says, so this Moshe Rabbeinu is speaking to Kali Israel as they're about to enter into Eretz Yisrael. Do not learn, do not learn from the ways of these nations, from the abominations of the nations to conduct yourself like them. Which we darshan, you shouldn't learn their ways in order to practice their ways. But you are permitted to learn in order to instruct. So we'll say, by the way, this is just an aside, Obviously, you're not, to, you're not allowed to worship Avodah Zarah. And you're not allowed to learn about Avodah Zarah for the purposes of what? Worshipping. But you are permitted to learn about Avodah Zarah for the purposes of understanding what you can and cannot do. So too, the Gemara says over here that since Rabbi Gamliel had gone ahead and created these items for the purposes of teaching and learning, therefore there was no issue. So I'll say this concludes the sugya. What I want to point out to you is as follows. This discussion regarding going ahead and making images is a big discussion. Halacha, this can be found in Yaradeya, Simen Kuf Mem Aleph. So very quickly, very quickly, in Kuf Mem Aleph, Sif Dalid, the Shulchan writes as follows. Asr letzayir tzura shav mother shechina, kigon kigon dalad panim bahadi adadi, v'chei tzura srafim v'alfanim alach yashras kin tzuras adam levado, kal elu asr la'asosim afin lo'hein l'noi, v'im ovei kochavim asom asr la'ashosim. So both say, so the Shulchan Aruch paskins, that halacha l'maysa, halacha l'maysa, you can't make images. You can't make images. You can't make images of the sun, of the moon, of the malachim, of, of a person, of the th- four-faced throne of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But says the Shulchan Aruch, When is that true? With a raised image. With a raised image. But what we'll call it a depressed image. But again, if it's not a raised image, then it's permitted. However, he says, But 
but images of the sun, the moon, the stars are going to be Asr no matter what. So I'll say, we don't have time to go into this right now, but obviously this sparks a whole discussion, right? What does one do about artwork? Or for that matter, again, what does one do about children's toys, right? You're allowed to have a three-dimensional child, right? Child. So obviously we do. So, so there's, a lot, there's a lot of halachic discussion over here about this. But again, not for now. Say so he's going to put it on our list of future topics. Yaradea, Sinan Kuf Mem Aleph. When you have a few moments, you can take a look there. Fascinating discussions. Says the Mishnah. So listen to this. There was once a story. Two witnesses showed up and they said, in the morning, we saw the moon in the east and in the evening, we saw it in the west. Now, what's happening over here? What they're testifying about is as follows. They're saying, in the morning, we saw the old moon, quote-unquote, the old moon in the east, and that night we saw the new moon in the west. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan Manuri says, they're lying. They're lying. Now, how do we know they're lying? Rashi says over here, because Rashi says, we learn this on Daf Chof, that there is a period of about 24-hour period where the moon is not visible at all. So therefore, to go ahead and say that they saw the old moon, so to speak, you know, in the morning in the east and the new moon in the evening in the west, they're lying because that's impossible. That's impossible. The moon is not visible for 24 hours. Listen to this. Kishabal Yavna, when they came to Yavna, let's remember again, Yavna is where the Sanhedrin relocated to, right? Even before the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, they relocated to Yavna. So Kishabal Yavna, Kiblon Rabbi Gamliel. Wow. Rabbi Gamliel accepted their testimony. Again, we'll see exactly why that is. Weiter. Obeleli Bur, Siddhi Gimara says, next case. Vaud. Listen to this next case. Two guys, two witnesses came along and they said, we saw the moon on the night of, night th- on night 30, but we could not find the moon again on night 31. So we'll say, obviously, you must be talking about where night 31 was a totally clear night. Right? So this was their testimony. We saw, we saw the moon on night 30, but on night 31, no one is able to go ahead and see the moon, right? So what's the halacha? So if you look at Rashi, So we'll say, so again, witnesses came along, we saw the moon on night 30, okay, everybody's waiting to see the moon, therefore on night 31, and no moon to be found. What's the halacha? The Kiblan Rabbi Gamliel. Rabbi Gamliel accepted the testimony of these witnesses. So I'm Rabbi Dosa ben Horkinus, Ede Shekerhain. Rabbi Dosa ben Horkinus said, Rabbi Gamliel, how can you accept them? They're liars. After all, how do we know? This would be like testifying. Mazel tov, a woman gave birth, but yet the next morning you see that she's clearly pregnant. Obviously, what does that mean? What does that mean? That whoever told you she gave birth lied. So again, how could they say they saw the moon on night 30 where there's no moon to be seen on night 31? They're obviously lying. Amul Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua says, Rabbi Dosa ben Horkinus. Roa ani I think you're right. I think you're right. Rabbi Gamliel made a mistake. And I think at the end of the day, the witnesses must have been mistaken about what they saw on night number 30. It clearly wasn't the moon because if they were right, the moon should have been visible on night 31 as well. So therefore, Rabbi Yoshua says, Rabbi Doksa, Rabbi Doksa, I agree with you. But say, listen to this story. This is the famous Maisa. Shalach lo Rabbi Gamliel. 
Rabbi Gamliel Rabbi who again, who was the head of the Sanhedrin, sent a message to Rabbi Yoshua. And Rabbi said, there's a lot of stories of Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yoshua. So it says Rabbi Gamliel, so now remember again, what was about to unfold was as follows. Rabbi Gamliel accepted the testimony of the witnesses who said that the moon was apparent on night number 30. Which means, remember, this is, this is for Chodesh Tishrei. For Chodesh Tishrei. So therefore again, according to Rabbi Gamliel, according to Rabbi Gamliel Elul will be a chaser, a 29-day month. And therefore, again, Tishrei will begin on day number 30. Rabbi Yoshua did not, dis, did not agree with Rabbi Gamliel. He felt it should be a mole, a 30-day month, and Tishrei should not begin until when? Day 31, which means that effectively, Rabbi Yoshua would have observed Yom Kippur one day later than Rabbi Gamliel. Rabbi Gamliel gets wind of this, says, Yoshua, I command you, to show up before me on Yom Kippur, on what would be Yom Kippur according to your calculations, with your walking staff and with your money bag. He was essentially telling him to do what? To do what? To essentially violate the day that he felt was Yom Kippur. So we'll say, the Imre MS says, why? I don't understand. If he's trying to get Rabbi Yeshua to show that his calculations are wrong, and the eleventh is not. Is, I'm sorry. What his Yom Kippur is really the eleventh. What should Rabbi Yeshua to do? Oh, right. Eat. Come. We're gonna have bagels. We're gonna have bagels. Right. That's, so the Imra Emes says something amazing. The Rabbi Gamliel needed Rabbi Yeshua to demonstrate his subservience. But Rabbi Gamliel also understood. See, if you notice, by the way, the things that he asks him to do are potentially issues of muktza and trum. Both of which are Durabanans, not Doraisas. He wanted to be respectful of Rabbi Yoshua's opinion, and he wanted to be respectful of Rabbi Yoshua's stature, and he did not want to do something that would cause Rabbi Yoshua immeasurable harm. In other words, if you want to fast on the 11th, you could fast on the 11th. That's fine. You can fast whenever you want, except Shabbos and Yom Tiv. But Lamaisa, so, but yeah, we're going to see Rabbi Gamil needed to do this in order to preserve the integrity of the calendar. So the Gemara goes right to the Gemara says, Rabbi Akiva Meitzer. Rabbi Akiva, so we'll say, obviously you can imagine Rabbi Yoshua is very tzibrachin as they say, right? Very broken, very broken. Because after all, the Nasi Rabbi Gamil just told him to violate what according to him is Yom Kippur. The day is going to be Yom Kippur. So Rabbi Akiva finds him and Rabbi Yoshua is very upset. So we'll see exactly who's talking to who. But he said to him, we can learn from here, anything that Rabbi Gamil says is done. In other words, Rabbi Gamil's word is final and authoritative. Shene Amar, Eila Mo'adeh Hashem Kodesh, Asher Tzikru'u Osam. The Pasik vests the Sanhedrin with the ultimate power to go ahead and declare the new month. When are the Mo'adeh Hashem? Asher Tzikru'u Osam. Whenever Bezdin says they are. Ben Bizmanon, Ben Shalom Bizmanon. Right? And essentially what Rabbi was saying to Rabbi Yoshua was, listen, the power of the calendar is handed over to the Sanhedrin. And once the Sanhedrin makes a decision, the truth is, whether they're right, whether they're wrong, whether it doesn't make a difference. Whatever they say becomes objective truth. So Rabbi Yoshua is still a little bit depressed. He comes to Rabbi Yoshua and Horkinus. Rabbi Yoshua and Horkinus says, Rabbi Yoshua, don't be upset. Because if we are going to second guess the authority of the basin of Rabbi Gamliel, 
Tzrichin anu ladun acher kol beizdin u beizdin sha'amad mimos Yoshua balachsha. First wide line. Then we have to go back and question the authority of every single beizdin all the way back to Moshe Rabbeinu. Shnei Amar vayam Moshe va'ar v'nada va'aviu v'shivim mizikne Yisrael. This is so fascinating. Basik says Moshe. Aaron, Nadav, and Aviu, and the 70 elders, and the 70 elders ascended. So the Gemara says, Velamanon, I'm sorry, the Mishnah says, Velamanon is Parshush Mos and Shels Kenim. Why doesn't the Torah tell us the names of the 70 elders? Right? Isn't that interesting? Why not list their names? The Torah goes through so many genealogies and so many lists of names. Tell us who the 70 elders are to teach us an incredible lesson, to teach us, El Alamed, Shekal Shlosha Ushlosha Sha'amdu Bezin Al Yisrael. Any time we have an organized basin, it literally means any time three people are organized as the basin for Cloud Yisrael, Harehu Kabez Dino Shal Moshe. They are given the authority of the basin of Moshe. Now, Bosa, when we say any three, any three people, don't get excited. It's not the next time you sit down for Ataras Nadar and you're going to start making Takanas and Gzeros. Right? right? But, but, what, but what it means is on an organized communal level, and again, especially a reference to the Sanhedrin. What they're saying is, the reason the Torah does not go ahead and listening to the Shivim Zakenim is from somebody that doesn't matter what their names are. Because we're getting more going to explain this. If we were listening to names, we would say, oh, he was a girdle, he was a girdle. This guy, he's not a girdle. So it's to teach us, Beisdin is vested with authority. With authority. And that authority in certain matters, not in all matters, but in certain matters, is absolute. And one of the areas where that authority is absolute is in Kedesh HaKodesh, in the calendar. So Rabbi Dosev and Horkinus, who was the original person who disagreed with Rabbi Gamliel, said to Rabbi Yeshua, don't be upset. Rabbi Gamliel's right, we're wrong. And even if we think we're right, we're really wrong. And even if somehow we're actually right, we're still wrong. Sounds like marriage, right? But, but again, but, 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 but Lamaisa, right? At, at, the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we are wrong, right? Rabbi Gamil has the absolute authority. Rabbi Gamil is in charge, and therefore, whatever he says, so don't be upset. You're not violating Yom Kippur, because Yom Kippur is when Rabbi Gamil ultimately says it is. So the Gemara goes right there. The Gemara says, well, so isn't that beautiful the story? It's not. So we'll say, Rabbi Yoshua listens. And Rabbi Yoshua humbles himself. And he takes his walking staff, he takes his money back, he goes to Yafna, to Rabbi Gamliel, on what according to his calculation was Yom Kippur. It's according to his Yom Kippur. So the Gemara says, I'm Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel says, Rabbi Yoshua, Ahmad, Rabbi Gamliel, he stood up. As a, as a respect to Rabbi Yoshua, the Nashka Arosho, he kissed Rabbi Yoshua on his head. Amrlo, Bo B'Shalom Rabbi Vitamidi, welcome. My Rebbe, my, my teacher and my student. Rebbe, Bechachma, you are my, you are my Rebbe in wisdom. Again, we'll discuss what that means. You are my Rebbe in wisdom. Vitamidi Shekibalt is divine. You are my student because you accepted my words. We'll say an incredible, incre- just an overwhelming story, but we'll say also like, you know, sometimes one of the most difficult things, especially like societally, in general, you see that there's like a general kind of throwing off of the yoke of authority on anything and everything. That's the societal trend. And it's incredible because Yiddishkeit doesn't work that way, right? Yiddishkeit allows for an incredible amount of autonomy. But at the end of the day, the system remains intact because of deference to authority. What we see over here, again, obviously not in everything, but in certain core things, which are absolutely essential to the continuity of Klal Yisrael, 
an ability to bend our individual knee to, to the will of Chazal, right? And to the will of the Rabbanon. Ultimately, again, they have a wisdom, they possess an insight and a power that they need to have in order to maintain the continuity of the system. And here you see the struggle. And by the way, it's very affirming because we all struggle with authority in different ways at different times. And Rabbi Yeshua was struggling with it also. And by the way, it took Rabbi Akiva and, and Rabbi Yeshua, and not Rabbi Yeshua, but Rabbi Hanina, um, Rabbi Doseb and Horkinus to kind of calm him down to be able to accept the authority of Rabbi Gamliel. But without that deference to authority, without that deference to authority, the fundamental fabric of Yiddishkeit begins to unravel. So the Gemara goes weiter. The Gemara says, Tanya, I'm not Rabbi Gamliel, Lachachamim. So we'll say, we're going back now for just a moment. So Rabbi Gamliel said to the Chacham, Kach Mikublani. So we'll say, remember, let's go back to the first story in the Mishnah. What was the first story in the Mishnah? Witnesses said, we saw the old moon in the east in the morning and the new moon in the west in the evening. So Rabbi Yochanan Manuri said, they're lying. Rabbi Gamliel accepted them. How could Rabbi Gamliel accept them? Tanya Rabbi Gamliel Chacham, Kach Beis I have a tradition from my grandfather's home. Pamim Shebaba Aruka, Pamim Shebaba Kitzara that the moon doesn't always follow the same pace of trajectory. Sometimes, quote-unquote, the moon moves faster, sometimes it moves slower. So the Gemara says, Am Rabbi Yochanan, my time in the Bay Rabbi, Dechsev, quotes the Pasuk over here, from, from Tehillim, Asa Yarech Lamo'adim Shemesh Yadam Interesting that the way the Dash in the Pasuk is fine. He made the moon for its appointed times, but the sun, we know its journey, or its, its coming. Shemesh Chudiyadam the sun is predictable. Yareach lo But the moon's trajectory is not as predictable. So therefore, Gamil said, although you're right, more often than not, there is this 24-hour period in between the old moon and the new moon. Rabbi, Yochan, Rabbi Gamil felt that sometimes the moon could be a little bit unpredictable. And is it possible to see the old moon in the morning in the east and the new moon in the morning in the, in the evening in the west? Maybe not probable, but certainly possible. Rabbi Chia, Chazia l'sihira, Davakai b'tzafra de'eschem v'tisha. So let's listen to this. Rabbi Chia saw the moon, right, in the morning of the 29th. Right, in the morning of the 29th day. Okay, Rashi says, Dechazi l'sihara yeshana. He quote-unquote saw the old moon. The old moon on the morning of the 29th. What did he do? Shakal kala pasak bey. He took a clot of dirt and he threw it at the moon. Amar, the arta ba'inan lekadushebach va'at kayamas hacha. We need you tonight, not this morning. Zil ichsi, go away. So I'll say what Rebchia was saying over here, he was obviously engaging in a public and a demonstrative display because he did not want anyone to get confused by the sighting of the moon of the 29th and potentially confuse it with the new moon. So it appears that he made a little bit of like this public spectacle of throwing dirt at the moon. Get out of here, moon, right? We don't need you today. We need you tonight. So therefore, no one can get confused. Amle Rav Rebchia. We'll say beautiful Gemara. Zil le'in tov. The Kadshe. So we'll say, listen to this. So Rabbi said to Rabbi Chia, so we'll say, so now this is a continuation of the same story. So Rabbi said to Rabbi Chia, go to Ein Tav, that was the name of a place, the Kadshe Liyarcha, and go and be Mekadesh the Chodesh there. There. And send me a sign that you are successful. 
David Melech Yisrael Chai B'Kayim. So we'll say, what's going on over here? Take a look at Rashi. La'arta ba'inan l'kidusheich, tzrichen anu lasos halay liyom, tibshal Rosh Hashanah, l'chaser es Elul, ula'ayim ala'idim olomara inhu bizmana l'kadsho, l'machar. Va'afapi shlora'u l'fishaya ibarachodesh, doches amikipurim etzel Shabbos. So we'll say, Rashi understands this over here to mean that this is actually a reference, this was a reference to Rosh Hashanah. This was Rosh Chodesh Tishrei. Rosh Chodesh Tishrei. See, interestingly enough, Interestingly enough, so so they wanted to go ahead. So Rabbi, I'm sorry, so Rabbi Chia, uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Chia, yeah, Rabbi Chia was seeing the moon on the 29th, and meanwhile, again, they needed to declare Rosh Chodesh that evening. Look at Rashi next. Rashi va'at kaya masacha vimte niris arvis shuvlo ikatru asachodesh lamachar kidamar. So say, just let me frame what's happening over here. You see, the Gemara is operating with the assumption that Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri is correct, which is that what. There is always 24 hours in between the appearance of the old moon and the new moon. 24 hours. So what's the problem? Shabbi Chia is very uptight. Why is he uptight? Because the old moon is appearing the morning of the 29th. Which means that people are going to disregard any sighting that they see when? The night of the 30th. But remember, they wanted to declare Elul a, 30 day, a 29-day month. Because Rashi points out, again, Rashi's understanding already that it's Rosh Hashanah, and they didn't want Yom Kippur to come next to Shabbos. So Rabbi Chia is very upset because now people saw the moon the morning of the 29th, and therefore they will assume that you cannot be Makadish the Chodesh that night. So what does Rabbi, so what does Rabbi tell Rabbi Chia? Zila in Tov. Go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Rashi says, listen to this. So what does Rebbe tell Rebbe Chia? This is incredible. So right, Rebbe Chia saw the moon in his city on the morning of the 29th. Generally, we accept the premise that there has to be 24 hours between the old moon and the new moon. But they needed to declare Rosh Chodesh that night. They want, there was going to be a new moon that night and they wanted... Elul to be a 29-day month, so that, again, Tishrei could start on day number 30. So again, according to Rashi, Yom Kippur and Shabbos shouldn't come next to each other. The problem is, Rabbi Chia could not declare the new moon, could not, could not be a witness in his city, because everyone already saw the moon, the old moon, that morning. So what does Rabbi say to Rabbi Chia? Go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Zil tab. Go somewhere else, where no one, hopefully where no one saw the moon the morning of the 29th, Cite the moon there, declare Rosh Chodesh over there, because you can declare Rosh Chodesh wherever you have an assembled based in. Declare Rosh Chodesh in Ein Tov and send me a message back that you were successful. What's the message? Code? David Melech Yisrael Chai V'Kayim, right? That's the uh, Talmudic equivalent of the eagle flies north at midnight, whatever it is, right? David Melech Yisrael Chai V'Kayim. They both say, why is it David Melech Yisrael Chai V'Kayim? Why is that? Why is that the code? Rashi says so beautifully, David Melech Yisrael, Nimshal Kilavana Shnei Marbo, Kisu Kashemesh Negdi Kiarech Yichel. Because David Melech was compared like the moon, was compared to the moon. So David Melech Yisrael Chai V'Kayim, ultimately is the code that the new month has been declared. I will say an incredible story. I will tell you the Bashant of HaKadosh says something so beautiful on this piece. He says by this statement that Rabbi said to Rabbi Chia, tab that he was saying, Bashant says, according to Rashi's approach, that this is for Rosh, Rosh Hashanah. Do you want to know what the secret is to preparing for Rosh Hashanah? What's the secret to preparing for Rosh Hashanah? Mm-hmm. Develop an eye in Tova. Develop a good eye. You want to go into Rosh Hashanah and be successful, make sure you view people 
favorably. Make sure you see the good in people. Make sure you're done the kaf suchos. Everybody thinks that all you have to do to prepare for Rosh Hashanah is to focus on your being Adam Lamakom, your relationship with Hashem. It's not true. Zil le'en tov. Work on an ayin tov. Work on a good eye. Work on seeing people, seeing the world in a favorable fashion. Be dan le kaf suchos. Be machnis archim. All the different things we have to do in order to facilitate human relationships, and then you'll be ready for Rosh Hashanah. I've often thought they both say the truth is this is not just the din in Rosh Hashanah, because the Pashab Shat is that this is not talking about Rosh Hashanah. The Pashab Shat is talking about any Rosh Chodesh, but maybe the eighth of the Baal Shem Tev applies to any Rosh Chodesh. How do you prepare for Rosh Chodesh? Well, it's very important. So Rosh Chodesh Kislev is coming Friday. Thursday night, Friday, we feel the energy of Rosh Chodesh. And Rosh Chodesh is always exciting because new beginnings. How do you prepare for Rosh Chodesh? How do you maximize new beginnings? And Rebbe tells us, Zil Le'ein Tav. Work on your Ben Adam Lechavero. Work on your Ayin Tovo. We're so quick to see the negative in the other. We're so quick to be judgmental of the other. We're so quick to see the shortcomings of the other. If we would all just work on our Ayin Tov, all just work on, the, on a good eye on seeing the good in everyone and everything, then we can not only take advantage of Rosh Hashanah, we can take advantage of the full profundity of every single Rosh Chodesh. So the Gemara goes right to Tan Rabbanon. Pamachas niskashu shamayim ba'avim. Veniris demus lavana be'eschim v'tisha l'chodesh. So one time it happened that it was very cloudy. It was very cloudy. And an image of the moon presented itself in the sky on the 29th. Kisura ma'alma rosh chodesh. Ubikshu bezdin l'kacho. So people assume that's the new moon. It's rosh chodesh. And bezdin was ready to declare the new month. This is the Masor I have. This is the Masor I have. So we'll say, listen to this. So they, this is fascinating. So they saw the new moon on the 29th. Now when people saw the new moon on the 29th, they assume, okay, it must be Rosh Chodesh. Right? So I think that the night of the 29th, so they're ready to declare Rosh Chodesh on the 29th. Rabbi Gamil says, no, I have a Mesorah. What's my Mesorah? Rosh Chodesh is never less than 29 days, tw- I'm sorry, 29 and a half days, three quarters of an hour, and 73 chalakim from last Rosh Chodesh. Which I will say, by definition, always pushes Rosh Chodesh to at least when? Day 30. Day 30. But Rabbi Gamil was encountering pushback. Because the people said, well, what are you talking about? We see the new moon right now. Something amazing happened. So the Gemara says, That day, the mother of Ben Zaza passed away. Rabbi Gamliel delivered a mamish. Hesped Gadol doesn't just mean a great eulogy. Hesped Gadol in this context means a long eulogy. A very long eulogy. Not because she necessarily deserved it. So we'll say, essentially, what did Rabbi Gamliel do? He stalled. He stalled, right? It was an exceptionally long Levaya, so that by the time the Levaya was over, there was no time for Bezin to be Mekadesh the Chodesh. 
So I'll say just a fascinating halacha. Begamdil's Mesora, Rosh Chodesh cannot be less than 29 and a half days, three quarters of an hour, and 73 halakim from the last molad, right? From the last sighting of the moon, which essentially means you can never declare Rosh Chodesh on day 29. The earliest time to do it is day 30. Incredible. Let's go, Viter. So remember again, so Rabbi Yeshua is very, de- very depressed and demoralized that Rabbi Gamil has told him that he has to show up on his Yom Kippur. So Rabbi Akiva finds him. So from the story, it's not clear who was upset, right? Was Rabbi Yeshua upset or was Rabbi Akiva upset? So Tashma Desanya, Halach Rabbi Akiva, Matzah Rabbi Yeshua, Kishu Meitzar. Rabbi Akiva went and he found Rabbi Yeshua, that Rabbi Yeshua was depressed. Amr lo, mipnei ma'at ha'meitz Rabbi Yoshua, why are you upset? Amr lo, akiva, roi lo shi'ipa lemito yud beis cholish v'al yigzar alav gzeirazu. Rabbi Yoshua said, I wish I would rather become ill for 12 months and be bedbound than to have to honor this request from Rabbi Gamliel. Rabbi Yoshua was so upset that he was going to have to show up with his walking staff and his money bag on, the, on, on what was, according to his calculations, Yom Kippur. He said, I would have rather suffered sickness than have to violate this halacha. Amr alei Rebbe, Tashini lomar lefanecha davar echad, shili maratani. So Rabbi Akiva says, Rabbi Yeshua, Rebbe, do you give me permission to tell over something that you taught me? Amr lo emar. So Rabbi Yeshua, so Rabbi Akiva, yes, tell me. Amr lo, harehu omer, atem, 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 gimopamim. They both said, the Pasik says, atem, by Moshe Rabbeinu, right? By Moshe and his Beisdin, tw- three times, three times. Atem, Atem, Atem. Why does it say Atem in reference to Moshe and his Beisdin three times? And all of this is in the context of the Yamim Tovim. Why did, which I will say, remember again, we've seen from these sugis, whenever you see Yamim Tovim, Yamim Tovim is always a reference to what? Kiddush HaChodesh, because there is no Yom Tiv without Kiddush HaChodesh. So it says Atem, Three times in the context of Yom Tiv slash Kiddush HaChodesh. What does it teach us? Atem afilu shogigin, atem afilu mezidin, atem afilu mutin. And Rabbi Akiva says the drushas teach us, Atem, you are vested with the authority to declare the new month, even if you are mistakenly incorrect. Atem, you are vested with the authority to declare Rosh Chodesh, even if you are intentionally incorrect. And Atem... You are vested with the authority to make Rosh Chodesh, even if you are mistaken in your declaration. In other words, Rabbi Akiva was teaching Rabbi Yoshua, the declaration of the new month by the Sanhedrin is absolute. Absolute. And even if we know that they're absolutely mistaken, right? even though they made a mistake, right? they made a mistake, nevertheless, the designation and the declaration holds. So what Rabbi Akiva was saying to Rabbi Yoshua was, Rabbi, don't be upset. Their power in this area is absolute. There is no second opinion in this. So because their power is absolute, your cheshpan is wrong. So, This is so beautiful. So Rabbi Yeshua says to Rabbi Akiva, Akiva, you have consoled me. Akiva, because I was very reminiscent of Loshan at the end of Masechus Makkas as well. This was Rabbi Akiva's say. Rabbi Akiva possesses this dual strength. Right, the ability number one to see hope and optimism even in the darkest of situations, and number two, the ability to bring nechama. Right, sometimes the greatest gift a person could have in life is the ability to make someone else feel better in the midst of a difficult circumstance. Right, to be a consoling. 
personality. And sometimes, again, it's just being an attentive ear. Sometimes it's knowing what to say or knowing not what not to say. But you see that Rabbi Akiva's greatest accomplishment is the one of his greatest accomplishments is the ability to provide nechama, the ability to provide consolation where it was necessary. So beautiful. Balo it's Rabbi Dosuven Hurkinus. So remember again, Rabbi Yeshua. Although interesting, according to the Brisa, so Rabbi Yeshua says, Akiva, you've consoled me. Yet he still goes to Rabbi Dosuven and Hurkinus, and he says, Tan Rabban of Lamelon is parshu shmos of Shalzakino Alalu. So Rabbi Dosuven, so this is the conversation. Rabbi Dosuven and Hurkinus says to Rabbi Akiva, Tell me, Rabbi, why is it that the name of the seventy elders is not mentioned in the Torah? Shlo Yomar Adam Ploni Kimosheva Aaron Ploni Kinadavavi Ploni Kealdad Umedad. So Vaom So we'll say because a person should not say. See the problem with listing the names is you're going to say, Oh. These are the kind of people who are fit to be on a Sanhedrin. Because they're like Moshe and Aaron, Nadav and Aviyu. Vomer, Vayomer Shmuel Ala'am, Vayomer Shmuel Ala'am. Hashem Asher Oses Moshe Ves Aaron. Vomer, Vayishlach Hashem Es Yerubal, Ves Bidon, Ves Yiftach, Ves Shmuel. So let's analyze this Pasuk. So Yerubal, we'll say, who's Yerubal? Zegidon. Right, Gidon is one of the Shoftim. Why was he called Yerubal if his name was Gidon? Because he picked a fight with Baal. Baal was an idolatry. Right, so he was called Yerubal because he fought against idolatry. So Bedan, who's Bedan? Zeshimshon. That's reference to Shimshon. Why is he called Bedan? Because he came from the tribe of Don. Yiftach, who's Yiftach? Right, Yiftach is Yiftach. From Navi, so the Gemara says, "Va'omer Amid Beis, Va'omer Moshe, Va'aram Bekanov, Ushmuel Bekorei Shemo." So we'll say. So just just to point out what's happening over here, if you look at Rashi, last Rashi on Amid Aleph, Rashi says, "Va'omer Hashem Asher Asas Moshe Es Aaron, Shmuel Hanavi Amar LeYisrael Kodesh Baruch Hu, Aslam Nisim Aidei Shisha Zekinim Halalu, Moshe Va'aron Yerubal Ubedan Viyiftach Ushmuel." So we'll say. So this is this is Shmuel speaking to the nation, and Shmuel says. HaKadosh Baruch Hu affected miracles through these six people, right? Through, through Yerubal, Bidon, Yiftach, Shmuel, Moshe, Aaron. Okay, these, were, these, obviously, these six people, HaKadosh Baruch Hu used as his agents to affect miracles. Amr Beis, Vomer, Moshe, Aaron Bekanov, Ushmuel Bekari Shemel. And yet the Pasuk says, every week we say in Kabbalah Shabbos, Moshe, Aaron Bekanov, Moshe and Aaron in their priesthood, Ushmuel Bekori Shemo, and Shmuel was amongst those who called out the name of Hashem. So, what does this mean, Abosai? Take a look at Rashi once more. Va'omer, Besefer Tehillim, Moshe Aram Kono Shmuel Kori Shemo, Korim Al Hashem Avahu Ya'anim, Haresh Shakal Akasav Shmuel in Moshe Va'aron. So, Abosai, now listen to this. So, in this Pasik, so the Pasik equates Shmuel, the Nabi Shmuel, with Moshe Aaron. Ubiksulim Harishon Kasav Yerubal, but done the Yitach in Moshe Va'aron. Ushmuel, so we'll say, now watch this. There's two psukim. The pasuk we just quoted, Moshe v'Aaron Shmo equates Shmuel with Moshe Aaron. The previous pasuk equates equates Gidon, right? Gidon Yiftach, Gidon Yiftach and Shimshon with Moshe Aaron. So what does this come to teach us? So the Gemara says, Shakala Kosev Shloshe Kale Olam. So the Torah equates Yiftach, Gidon, and Shimshon with Moshe, with Moshe, Aaron, and Shmuel. Lomar lecha, Yerubal bedoro ki Moshe bedoro, Bedan bedoro ki Aaron bedoro, Yiftach bedoro ki Shmuel bedoro. To teach us, I will say that what 
The leader of the generation is the leader of the generation. And we don't say that just because this leader of this generation is not as great, is not as great as leaders of previous generation, doesn't mean they're not the leader. So meaning ultimately, look at again, Yerubal, that Gidon in his generation was the authority just like Moshe was the authority of his generation. And Shimshon was the authority in his generation just like I was the authority in his generation. And Yiftach was the leader of his generation just like Shmuel was in his generation. Even literally again, a person who's not that great. But was appointed as a leader of the community. He is to be treated, again, like the greatest of the great. So we'll say it's actually interesting. The, the, the way this is often understood is that when a person is put into a leadership position in the community, they have a certain level of siyata dishmaya, a certain level, a certain level of divine assistance and providence to allow them to be successful in that sacred task. As such, what the Gemara is saying is, even if you look at that person, you say, hey, that person, that, that's what we got. That's, that's what we have. Remember, previous generations, they had Moshe, they had Aaron, they had Giftach, they had Shimshon, right? As the, as the famous adage goes, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. I think that's a Maimar Chazal, right? So I'll say, so, so, right? so at, at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the Gemara says, you've got what you've got. You've got what you've got. Right, that, that's what you have. The leader you have is the leader you have. And you must respect him with the proper authority. Obviously, I will say, that, that means the leader has to be ra'i on some level, right? If chas shalom, a community or a people have a leader and that leader is just not fit for the position, then obviously, again, that respect is not necessary. Well, the, well, the respect might not be there, but assuming that the person is a good person, a fit person, maybe he's not as great as previous generations. Lemaisa yiftach bedoro, and ultimately, again, the Pasuk says, you shall come to the coin to Levim, to the judge who you will have in your days. So that's obvious. Who are you going to go? You're going to go to a judge who's not in your days? Who are you obviously going to a judge who's in your days? To teach you, it's an incredible you sowed in life. This is part of the more general mindset in Yiddishkeit, that don't spend your life pining for what you lack, but focus on maximizing what you have. That is true, and this is one of the, this is one of the major pillars of Yiddishkeit. Focus on maximizing what you have, what is at hand. Because you could spend a lifetime saying, oh, I wish I had this, or I wish it was like this. I wish I, wish I had leaders like this. I wish I had an inspirational personality like this. If only I had this, if only I had that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Go to the shofate you have. Just like you have to maximize the materialism you have, you have to maximize the marriage you have, you have to maximize the mishpacha you have, you have to maximize the kochos you have, you have to maximize the leadership you have as well. Is the leadership you have perfect? Probably not. Probably, definitely not. But Lamaisa, it's what you've got. It's what you've got. And I will say, by the way, you know what the irony is? You know what the irony is? Do you know that if you took a popularity poll, right? If you polled Moshe Rabbeinu's constituents, constituents um, during the desert, do you know what his polling numbers would be? I mean, not as low as the president, but but I would say, but 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 I would say they were they were they were they were pretty low. They were pretty low, right? Moshe Rabbeinu's popularity ratings were very, very, very low. 
it's, you know, when people die is when they become beloved, right? But at the end of the day, Moshe, so I just want to point out, what the Gemara is saying is, don't fall into the trap of glorifying what was. Because in, you know, in retrospect, ah, it was so wonderful. All you need to do is open up the Chumash to see what the people thought of and how they treated Moshe Rabbeinu. They were wrong. But the Gemara is saying over here, Focus on what you have. The leadership you have in your generation is the leadership you have. Maximize it. We just have to finish the parak. I don't know what happens at the time. All right. Omer. Bazes al Tomar. And the Pasik says, do not fall into the trap of saying, oh, the good old days. The good old days, the good old days, the good old days. Don't fall into the good old days trap. Because at the end of the day, life is not about reflecting and pining for the good old days. But rather, again, life is about maximizing what you have at your fingertips now. Both in your personal life and how the Gemara is expressing over here in a leadership construct as well. So the Gemara goes weiter. Remember again, let's finish the story. Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua accepts, right? He accepts. Rabbi Gamliel is right. He's the Nasi. He's in charge. He takes his money back. He goes ahead and he takes, and he takes his staff and he goes. Tan Rabbanon. Boss, listen to how beautiful this is. Kevan Shira Oso, Amad Mikisa Venashka Rosho. When Rabbi Gamliel saw Rabbi Yeshua approach, Rabbi Gamliel stood up from his chair and he kissed him on his head. Amrlo, Shalom Alecha, Rabbi Bitalmidi. Right? Peace be upon you, my, my, my teacher, my, my, my student. Rebbe, Shalimadati Torah Berabin. Rebbe, because you have taught me Torah in public, right? Rebbe Gamliel, learn Torah from Rabbi Yoshua. Vitalmidi Shani Gozer Alecha Gzira Va'ata Makaima Kitalmid. And ultimately, you are my student because I decree something upon you and you listen. Ashrei Hadar Shagdolim Nishmayim Likitanim. Kavachomer Kitanim Likidolim. Praiseworthy is the generation where the great Tamidi Chachamim even listen to the smaller ones. And Kavachomer that the smaller Tamidi Chachamim should listen to the greater ones. Kavachomer. What do you mean, Kavachomer? Chiyuva. Well, say, obviously, Kitanim have to listen to Gidolim. That's obvious. We have to end. But the Gemara is essentially saying is like this. In many respects, Rabbi Yoshua was the greater sage than Rabbi Gamliel. But Rabbi Gamliel was vested with the position of authority that Rabbi Yoshua did not have. So therefore, again, Rabbi Gamliel sees Rabbi Yoshua. He says, you are my Talmud and that you listen to me, but you're also my Rebbe because you are the greatest Talmud Chacham. So the Gemara says, praiseworthy is the generation where the katan, right, where the gadol is willing to listen to the katan. Because if the gadol is willing to listen to the katan, then what? The katan will understand that, of course, he has to listen to the gadol. Hajjan Allah, amen. We'll begin the new pack tomorrow. Shkaya.